0: Even the best relationships require patience, understanding, and open lines of communication. Of course, all of that can be easier said than done, and despite their best efforts, many couples require the services of a relationship expert. Let's talk to Dr. Chelsea Wakefield, Director of the Couple Center at the University of Arkansas for Medical Sciences. This is UAMS Health Talk from the University of Arkansas for Medical Sciences. I'm Scott Webb. Dr. Wakefield, or should I say Dr. Love, how do couples make relationships last?
1: Making relationships last is an incredibly important question for the people who come and see me and, because loving and being loved and finding someone to love and someone who will love you is really at the center of many people's lives. Uh, it almost resembles a religious quest for some in terms of just finding that, that central important person. Uh, what we actually need to do to make relationships last is to develop a set of capacities. Most people think that they need to find the right person, but I emphasize that people need to become the right person. And when you develop these capacities for love, then whoever you're with, if you've chosen halfway decently, that relationship is gonna develop into something meaningful.
0: So that's so interesting. And I think about myself, I'm 51, but I think about my younger self and I think about who I was then and what I was capable of. And I feel like through the years, through experiences that I'm so much better at this, this relationship thing than I was then. But what are the capacities of love?
1: So I have something called the six C's and those are the six capacities that we need to develop. And the first has to do with commitment. And the commitment needs to be to the relationship rather than just to the person, because we're going to change over time. And that's what most people don't understand at the beginning of a relationship is that people are going to continue to evolve and things are going to happen. So the relationship is actually a third entity that needs to be nourished and created by those two people. So the commitment is to the relationship. That's the first one. And the second one is courage. We all need a little bit of grit to stay in the game with somebody because there's going to be moments of misattunement. There's going to be moments when we look at the person and say, oh my gosh, I don't even, I don't understand you. I don't even know how I can live with a person like you. But usually those states are transient, which moves us into the next one, which is curiosity. And curiosity is such an important relationship capacity Uh, Ellen Bader once said, you need to be curious instead of furious. And that is a really important thing, that when we get upset with our partners, we need to start asking questions. We need to inquire of ourselves, why am I so activated here? What is going on with me? And then we need to ask some questions of our partner. Why is this so important? What's going on with you? I don't understand your reaction tell me a little bit about the meaning that you're making of this what's the story you're weaving around it what's the history around why this is such a sensitive issue for you so that's the curiosity aspect then we have compassion and I find that compassion occurs with people after they actually gain some understanding so it the curiosity aspect has to happen first And once we understand something about why something is either so important or so sensitive to another person, then we develop the capacity to be compassionate. And compassionate encompasses all of those dimensions of whether or not I'm gonna make an adjustment in what I'm doing because it lands poorly over there in you, whether I'm gonna forego something that really is something you would prefer that we not do, or whether I'm gonna embrace something and maybe develop something about myself that is something that is important to you. That's a compassion piece. Then we come to communication, which is largely about listening and asking questions and really trying to see through the other person's eyes. So it's not just talking to the partner, which for some people is important because they tend to be quiet a lot or just kind of withdrawn and behind their little turtle shell but uh, really listening deeply into what the person is trying to convey and who they are. Then there's another relationship capacity called creativity. And that means that, again, we're looking at this third entity of the relationship, and together we are co-creating how we're going to operate, what the story is that we're living in, who I am, who you are, where we're going, and the meaning of this relationship.
0: That's all really fascinating, the C's, I love that. Do some people just end relationships too quickly? Do they they just simply lack the courage, that grit, the toughness to stick things out?
1: I think the greatest enemy of lasting relationships is actually fear. And the reason people can't maintain any sense of engagement and staying in this is a lot of people feel like they've reached the end of the road and they don't know what else to do. And these are the couples that I often see in my office. I frequently say to myself, oh, I wish this couple had come in five years ago before these patterns had become so entrenched. Uh, Once patterns get entrenched, people, people tend to lose hope. And one of the things that I try to do with people is to reawaken hope by giving them a new context and a set of skills.
0: Do couples ever come in before there's trouble? Uh, do they ever just get the sense that, you know, before things ever come off the rails, before we start trending in the wrong direction here, let's talk to Dr. Wigfield. Let's Let's make sure that we don't, you know, step on any of those landmines that other people tend to step on.
1: There's a recent trend that I'm really enjoying, and it has to do with people coming in early. It makes me so happy. I think that the stigma around couples therapy has really reduced in the past few years. And so I'll often see couples who are in the early stages of the relationship, and I call it getting off to a good start. So one of the things that I've developed over time is what I call the roadmap of a relationship. And the first stage is the enchantment, where we're really in this state of uh, this lofty mythological realm of, of euphoria and it's actually associated with a set of neurochemicals that download in our brains, including things like dopamine, and which is the feel-good chemical, neurochemical. And then we hit this phase of disenchantment, and that occurs when we begin to live with someone that we're committed to and we discover things about them that perhaps we didn't know at the beginning or the living together becomes much more difficult than the dating process because perhaps in the dating process, We didn't realize that one person is a neat Nick and the other person tends to leave coffee cups all over the house and piles of paper and things like that. So those kinds of things are difficult to work out in couples, the actual living together and building a life. So, uh, yes, I love it when couples come in early to get ahead of the entrenched patterns that can develop over the years.
0: Yeah, that's a really interesting trend, and I'm wondering uh, if you could tell us about the Relationship Enrichment Series that you've got coming up on Saturday, September 28th. That sounds like a perfect time, a perfect event for many of the couples, whether they're trying to get ahead of things or catch up on things, that seems like a perfect event for them. Tell us more about that.
1: The Relationship Enrichment Series is something that we've been doing a couple times a year at UAMS, and it really has to do with making the bond stronger and the experience of being a couple happier and healthier. Um, we're doing an all-day Saturday format this time. So we can really get into uh, some exercises between the two couples or the two people in the couple. And uh, no one is being forced to share in public, and we've got lots of spaces that people can spread out into and talk to each other. There's four topics that we're covering. So we're going to do the all-day Saturday workshop and then two follow-up Monday evening workshops from 6 to 8. And you can register for this on Eventbrite. The topics that we're going to cover is, number one, relationship as a path of personal growth. So if we stop looking at relationships as solutions and we begin to look at them as this unfolding discovery process, that really shifts the context of the relationship. The second topic is about communication, about communicating in ways that engage rather than alienate. So we'll really get into how to speak so that you're most likely to evoke a cooperative response. The third topic we're gonna to talk about, and this will be on the, that first Monday evening, is working through sexual difficulties. Most couples at some point in their relationship have some sort of difficulty with desire or with really coordinating their sexual life and co-creating it together in a way that is engaging and pleasing for po- for both people. So we'll talk about sexual difficulties and sexual engagement on that Monday evening. And then the final Monday evening, we're going to talk about meaningful connection, how to get there and there.
0: So this is a special event, but on a, on a daily basis, on a regular basis, what can couples expect when they walk through the door? What's that experience like for them?
1: When a couple comes in to see me, they have already filled out some paperwork with questions on it that will cause them to look into their lives and into the history of their couplehood. When they come in, I always acknowledge that people are usually anxious, and I also let them know that in the first session, which is a two-hour session, the intake session, we'll actually do some work. So that they can leave with something, they can immediately apply into their relationship to have an experience that this can be turned around.
0: Dr. Wakefield, your work is so interesting and fascinating and so helpful. I just love listening to you. I love doing my research for this episode about you. Anything else about relationships, the Couple Center, uh, the Enrichment Series, anything else listeners uh, need to know?
1: I think that it's important for us to understand that relationships are actually activators of personal growth. And if you engage that process of personal growth, the relationship continues to unfold in meaningful ways. You learn more about yourself. You learn more about this person you're building a life with. And that process can be incredibly meaningful.
0: That's great. What a perfect way to end. Thanks, doctor. Thanks so much. That's Dr. Chelsea Wakefield, a.k.a. Dr. Love, director of the Couple Center at the University of Arkansas for Medical Sciences. For more information on the Couple Center, please visit uams.edu. And if you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and check out the full podcast library for topics that may interest you. This is UAMS Health Talk. Thanks for listening.